You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews from jaysfromthecouch.com, back for another day. I told you this was going to happen, and I meant it. So we are back to continue our kind of look back from when we were on hiatus there. And this is the third installment of the offseason of the Blue Jays' Arrivals and Departures series. And because, you know... My partner wanted to watch the Harry Potter series of films over the holiday break. We're going to take a page from their book and make this Arrivals and Departures Round 3 Part 1. Getting Deathly Hollows up in this. So, what today's episode is going to be is going to be a look at the newest members of the Blue Jays 40-man roster. We have four names to discuss. We're going to talk about the Rule 5 pickup, Elvis Luciano. Um, we're going to talk about a guy who's actually not on the 40-man roster, but was signed to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And, of course, we're going to talk about the pitchers that the Blue Jays acquired while we were away. And we're going to start with the big free agent signing that everyone was waiting for. Blue Jays finally dipping into the free agent market. Ah, oh, who, 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 is it Jay Happ? Is Jay Happ coming back? No, no, not Jay Happ. Oh, is it is it Trevor Cahill? No, he went to the Angels. Is it is it Mike Fart? No, he went to Oakland again. So so who's it who's it come? Who's, it's Matt Shoemaker. Who? Yeah, that that sounds about accurate. Matt Shoemaker is the big free agent signing that the Blue Jays have made in the offseason. Signed a one year, three point five million dollar deal. Also sounds about right to be a part of the 2019 rotation. And whether or not he is a part of that 2019 rotation will be the big question as it has been in the past couple seasons for Matt Shoemaker because the reason Matt Shoemaker was available for $3.5 million is because you don't know how many games you're going to get for that $3.5 million. Shoemaker has pitched a grand total of 21 games over the last two seasons, a Troy Tulowitzki-esque level of participation in a baseball season, and the results that he did put up from from a quick glance do not look promising. He's 6-3 with a 4.52 ERA and 14 starts for Los Angeles slash Anaheim slash California, whatever you want to call them. The Angels, let's just say that. 6-3 with 4.52 ERA and 69 strikeouts in 77 and two-thirds innings. Last year, even worse for the injuries. He went 2-2 two two with a 4.94 ERA with 33 strikeouts in 31 innings. The walks were good. We'll, we'll say that for him. But yeah, on, on the face of it, it just looks like uh, Jaime Garcia signing for a new generation, bringing Matt Shoemaker in. And he's about the same age. Shoemaker uh, turned 32 in September. So he will be pitching his age 32 season in Toronto. And again, on the face of it, it 
it doesn't look like it's uh, a signing that a, that a team looking to contend would make get, taking a risk on a guy like Shoemaker. And that's just it. It's not a team looking. It's not a move that a team looking to contend would make. It's a team that's just looking to get through the 2019 season. So will Shoemaker be able to do that? If the injury issues are worked out, he may be able to. Now, some of Shoemaker's problems weren't his fault. He He's had some bad luck. Um, he got hit with a line drive um, in 2006 that fractured his skull. So that's never an easy thing to really come back from. But uh, last season, the big issue with him was his forearm. He was on the disabled list for the majority of the season with a forearm strain. And it, it is it was one that showed up very early in the season. He went on the disabled list in April and then had repeated setbacks. And, and you never want to hear that your shiny new free agent starter is dealing with nerve damage. That That's just not a positive thing to take away from a guy. So he did come back late in the 2018 season. He did get onto the field. He did start pitching a little bit, which is how he got the stats that he did. So he at least showed that he is able to get on the mound, hopefully. However, the question for the Blue Jays is, are, is he going to be able to do enough and, and go out there enough to be able to justify what they have just done and giving him this $3.5 million deal? For what the Blue Jays need to do, it looks like it will be. And, and Shoemaker is one of those classic one-year gambles. Like, if he works out, awesome. If not, it's not going to cost us a lot to get rid of him. And Shoemaker, his underlying stats do look a lot better when you consider that he was pitching for the Angels. And the Angels were not a very good team last year. If you look at his fielding independent pitching, that is, like we said, pitching that's not reliant on the defensive play, he had a 364 FIPS, which which is good. The, the only thing you kind of worry about with him is he gave up a lot of pretty good contact 50% of all contact made off match shoemaker last year was hard easily the highest of his career since he's been a regular MLB pitcher so what can shoemaker really do to try and counteract that because if you give up hard contact in the Roger Skydome then you're going to have problems because those balls are going to go over the wall. What Shoemaker's going to have to do is really refocus on getting his sinker to stay down. His sinker is his main pitch that he uses. It's a decent pitch, but he's not getting the sheer volume of ground balls that he needs with that sinker last season. And when Matt Shoemaker is successful, he's he's getting a lot of that, that contact to stay down to stay in the park. So what he's what he's going to have to do is try and work through what what the injury issues have been with him 
and be able to put that sinker down where he needs to so he can start using his other pitches. Because Shoemaker has a lot of different pitches that he can throw. That's probably his biggest strength as a pitcher is that he has a sinker. He has his standard four seam. He has a slider that he usually works that sinker off of just to try and get the movement. He has a split finger fastball that he will throw a good chunk of the time. And then when he came back in September, he started experimenting with a changeup. So that's potentially five different pitches that Shoemaker can throw. He's even got a curveball that sits way back in the repertoire. He doesn't really use it. But just that sheer volume of of pitches in the arsenal is is what Shoemaker offers. He will he will keep a hitter guessing. It's just a matter of making sure the pitches are different enough that you're not picking them up immediately and keeping hitters guessing until the very last moment. And if he can do that, he has a chance to post a very good bounce back season. So when the time comes, if the Blue Jays maybe want to move him for some more prospect capita, he's going to look very attractive to a team that's going to need starting pitching heading into the postseason, which every team always needs starting pitching. So it, it's a perfect low cost gamble for the Blue Jays. If he works out great, if not, you know, you can release him in June or stash him on the 60-day DL. The latter is probably more likely. But, yeah, it's it's a move that a team that knows it's going to be an also-ran in 2019 is going to make. So, I have no problem with it. I, and I don't think a lot of people had a problem with it. I think they see it as a perfect kind of kind of low-cost gamble. Is he going to get the innings? We'll, we'll have to see. There's no doubt about the second starting pitcher that the Blue Jays acquire being able to deliver innings. The question is, are they worthwhile innings? We're going to talk about that right after this break. All right, so Shoemaker, just the first of two starters that the Blue Jays acquired in the offseason. The second one met with a lot less joyous fanfare was the acquisition of Clayton Richard, who had been designated for assignment by San Diego earlier in the offseason, Toronto acquiring Richard in exchange for Connor Panis. And there's cash involved in the deal, San Diego paying down Richard's salary just to get him out, out of there. But yeah, essentially, again, much like Shoemaker, this is the kind of move that a team that is not looking to contend in 2019 makes to kind of fill out the rotation. And if you're looking for kind of veteran leadership to fill that role that Jay Happ left behind when he officially re-signed in New York, Clayton Richard can fill that role. He's He's been around since 2008 when he broke in with the White Sox, primarily with the Padres. He's made 59 starts over the last two seasons, so he's a lot more durable than a Matt Shoemaker type, a lot more durable than a lot of pitchers that have cracked the Blue Jays' major league roster in the starting rotation lately. And yeah, he did not have a good season last year. He saw his ERA spike from 479 in 2017 to 533 last year. He gave up 159 hits and 158 and two-thirds innings, which is actually better than his 2017, where he led the majors with 240 hits allowed. But he gave up 19 home runs. And that that is a big thing that, that I saw a lot of people say 
when Clayton Richard was acquired, like, oh, here comes the home run derby to Toronto because Clayton Richard's going to give up all these fly balls and they're going to go flying out of the yard. And it's it's difficult to argue that. His fly ball rate last year was the highest it had been since 2013. He gave up fly balls 21.7% of the time. His ground ball rate was down to 56.8, which is also the lowest it had been. So if Richard's going to have any kind of success and try and rebuild himself to have any kind of value, he's going to have to go back to what made him more successful in the past. That is, again, relying on his sinker, which, you know, starting to see a trend here. Guys with sinkers coming into the organization. But his sinker is his main pitch, works off it with the slider, so shockingly similar to Shoemaker. That seems to be the Blue Jays thinking, like, get these guys who have that different movement when it comes across the T-plane. Whether it comes down or comes across, if you can keep them guessing late, then hopefully they'll have success, especially in a division where you have the Yankees being very swing-happy. And the Rays are still very young. The Orioles are the Orioles. So they can have success there. But he's Clayton Richards got to be able to adapt better than he has when it's come to utilizing his pitches and, and getting those balls to go into spots where his defenders have a better chance of making plays on them. And... I think the big reason why Toronto acquired a guy like Richard is, again, there's very little risk involved because San Diego's still assuming most of the salary. And Richard is actually more versatile than a lot of starting pitchers that they could have gone out and gotten. So if they have Clayton Richard in the rotation to start the season, which they probably will, and then Sean Reed Foley looks ready to go or Thomas Pannone looks ready to go, then Richard can actually shift back into the bullpen. He was in the bullpen as recently as 2016 with the Cubs. So if he wants to keep pitching in the majors, he can shift back there in a, into that kind of swingman role and operate as a lefty out of the pen the way he did before. And he he had some success doing that um, in 2015 with the Cubs. He only made three starts in 23 appearances, had a 383 ERA. Wasn't as good out of the bullpen in 2016, but that by then he was like, oh, I want to be a starter again. And that's when they traded him to San Diego and he got to be a starter again. But being designated for the by the Padres, I think it's clear that this is Clayton Richards' last shot at extending his MLB career. So if he wants to go out there, just take whatever role he's given. If he wants to, if he's given, you know, six innings as a starter, or if he's called on to get a couple innings as a reliever. The Blue Jays did pick up a pitcher who has that capability. And then, you know, that puts less pressure on guys like Joe Biagini and and the like to kind of kind of show themselves early and be be those guys out of the pen. So it it's a it's a depth move. And that's that seems to be the name of the game for the Blue Jays. Just get get guys in there so you're not overexposing your youngsters or putting them in situations where they can't succeed. That seems to be the goal of most of the moves that the Blue Jays are making this offseason. So the Richard move acquires that. 
And speaking of a youngster who doesn't want to be put in a bad position, we will talk about the Blue Jays' Rule 5 selection, as well as another guy. Because that's who that is, just another guy, right after this break. Okay, so this happened right after the previous last podcast that we did on December 12th. Rule 5 draft was the next day. And I gave a recap, like, oh, they'll, they'll try and find someone who, you know, just kind of on the cusp and, and bring them along and so they can stash them for when the team is ready to contend. I was kind of right. They did select someone they intend to stash for when they're ready to contend. I just didn't think it'd be a teenager. The Blue Jays choosing to select Elvis Luciano, a... 19 year well he turned he's not even 19 yet can't legally drink in ontario he turns 19 in february he was traded by arizona to kansas city last year in the john jay transaction and if he makes his debut this season he will be the first player born in the 2000s to play in the majors so that's that's fun trivia Yay, Blue Jays can kind of do something there. But yeah, it's clearly a move for the future. You don't expect 19-year-olds to contribute immediately to the roster. But it looks like it's another move in the vein of Joe Biagini. Take a guy who's being used as a starter, see if you can get value out of him as a reliever, and then try and convert him after, once you have him locked in the organization, try and convert him as a starter then. And that's how Luciano projects in his very brief professional career. Um, and, and we mean brief, because, again, teenager. Um... He made 11 starts last season in the Appalachian League, so Blue Jays are familiar with him from those appearances. In 11 starts, he had a 4.66 ERA. He gave up 55 hits in 56 innings, but struck out 56. So he does have swing and miss stuff for a starter. The control has been an issue. And I watched a little bit of footage that Fangraphs posted when it did its Rule 5 breakdown. And you could see that it's action from when he was in Arizona's organization when they were facing Oakland. But he was spot on the first batter, got an easy ground out, and then and then walked the next batter. And he was he was all over the top of the strike zone, which gets a little dangerous to be wild up there. So there are control issues to work on. But he has a good fastball that's that can reach the mid-90s. He has a great breaking ball. For a teenager, so he's able to use that. Uh, Fangrass projected him as a number four starter potentially, if he works on his changeup and and gets that up to the point where it's useful. And I, again, the Rule Five draft was supposed to be just you know a chance for the Blue Jays to try and find you know one of those cusp prospects that they can they can move up and again just latch on to so they did that with luciano and if he does work out again that's great if not well glenn sparkman had a brief yet memorable run where he had a five digit era so it's it's a rule five draft it's it's just a lottery pick essentially if you get something out of it that's awesome but if not 
and then whatever you you send them back and and you just move on with the people in your own organization so that'll be interesting to see if if luciano gets put in a spot where he can succeed because that's that's what you don't you don't want to burn out a 19 year old this early by putting him in situation like joe biagini was like 20 25 when he was selected by the blue jays so it's a, it's a bit of a different beast than throwing out like a 19 year old into the same situation that Joe Biagini was like, like, yeah, he was, yeah, he made his debut in 26. So he, he was 25 when he's made his major league debut, a little different than a 19 year old. So that will be something to watch for in the coming season. And we mentioned another guy was signed by the blue Jays. They signed, uh, veteran infielder Eric Sogard to a minor league deal and the vitriol I got from Blue Jays fans like oh my god they're signing Eric Sogard uh, this is not the move a good team makes um, calm down because this is not a move geared towards we're going to play Eric Sogard ahead of Devin Travis no we're going to play Eric Sogard if Devin Travis and Richard Urania and Lourdes Guriel are all injured. That's the kind of move this is. There, I I got one tweet that's like, this is not the move that championship teams make. Are you expecting the Blue Jays to be a championship team this year? No. No, you're not. They're going to be worse than your... Absolutely not. If, if Eric Sorart ends up playing 100 games, sure. Maybe we can have that discussion. But the last time he got close to 100 games, he batted 273 for them for Milwaukee in 2017. So he's not even terrible. It's it's not like trotting Gift and Gope out there for 100 games. Sogard offers depth. Sogard offers a competent veteran bat that can be stashed in AAA and, and just kind of help the youngsters along, teach them what it means to be a professional, and build that Buffalo roster, essentially. So, so cool your jets. Eric Sogard is just there to be depth. He's not meant to be brought on the roster. Just let him go to Buffalo and and do things there and get that Vogue optical money and, you know, tell Danny Jansen the best glasses to use when balls are flying at him. You know, the 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 glasses are the big thing with Eric Sogard. Just so maybe that's why they signed him. Solidarity. With all the previous goggles wearers, they had Tyler Clippard, they had Brett Cecil. I think, I think if you have glasses, you eventually pass through Toronto at this rate. So that's all Eric Sogard is. Is just depth. Don't don't lose sleep about him. And yeah, that that wraps up all the Blue Jays signings of the past month. So yeah, there you go, Toronto fans. This, these are these are the reinforcements coming in for the organization. So get familiar with them. And that ends part one of the Blue Jays Deathly Hallows. Um, Part two will come out. There will be one main name we're going to focus in the departures list. Kind of of the big, um, big departure and what it means for the Blue Jays moving forward. Kind of talked about it on the Monday episode. So we'll go more in depth on what that means going forward and talk about some other people who left the organization, couple names left in the rural five draft. So we'll discuss that, but yeah, until then, if you want to 
talk to me about the new signings. If you think Matt Shoemaker is going to be that 16 and four guy again, now that he's a blue Jay, let me know on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Follow the podcast at Locked On Jays. You can follow it on Twitter. You can follow it on Instagram too. It's there. I have not been on Instagram much, so don't expect a lot. But you can follow it there. Like it on on Facebook if you still use Facebook and don't have any worries about Russian bots. You can totally follow it on there too. Just like and. You know, if you're subscribed on iTunes, Google Play, whatever you do, leave a review. Um, let them know how much you are happy that the podcast is back or how disappointed you are. Whatever. You know, we'll take any publicity at this point. Not that we need it. It's just, you know, I like attention. So anyway, for everyone here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, thank you for listening to this episode of Lockdown Blue Jays. I've been your host, Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much again for being the reason why I do this show. And y'all take care.